You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Doing well. Healthy, alive, you know. Doing uh, just uh, a little tired of the heat. I'm ready for the cool weather. All right, well, I'll tell you what. Let's see if we can uh, get over these technical difficulties we're having, and let's see if we can jump into a decent conversation today. I don't want to talk about riots today. I- I'm, s- I'm sick of it. I'm already tired of it. I, I just don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's just take a day off from that. And just focus on something else, because we talked about riots yesterday and I think a little bit the day before. I want to focus today on the election. I want to talk about what's going on there. Now, the Democrat Party is saying that they're not going to. They said this, at you know, Hillary Clinton said this at the DNC. They're not going to concede. They have no intention whatsoever in in conceding. And Joe Biden, under any circumstance, should not concede. Okay, well. I would say by that statement alone, they're looking at contesting because I've heard interviews from Don Jr., right? Donald Trump Jr. He's come out. I've heard a few interviews from him this week on several different radio shows. And he has said that, look, the Democrats, they're not even campaigning. I mean, honestly, I've never seen this in my lifetime. I've never seen this. And I, I don't think anyone else has either. As far as I know, the Democrat Party, for the first time, at least in modern history, they are not out campaigning at all. They're just not doing it. They're bringing in armies of lawyers instead. And they're hell bent on contesting this election. And they're saying that uh, we're, we're doing mail-in voting and all this stuff. And it's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, mail-in voting. Even the sainted, you know, the, the guy that's revered by the American left, Dr. Fauci says that it's safe to go vote in person. You can go out and you can riot. You can protest. That's fine. But you can't vote. So which leads me to believe, which leads me to believe, let's say that they do have the let's say we do have in-person voting, which we're going to. Let's say that we do have in-person voting. What's to stop the uh, the Antifa scum and the BLM to go over there and start menacing the polling places? You know, what's to stop that? Because I can see that very much happening. They're not well, going to accept this election. What's that? It's, well, it's illegal. It's so clearly it's they can't do it. Right. Yeah. Well, of course. Of course. Cle- clearly they can't. It's illegal for them to, uh, to to burn businesses. It's illegal for them to loot. So, I mean, I guess it stands to reason that I mean, they would just abide by the law. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's why we don't see them burning down businesses or anything uh, or, or attacking police officers. It's because, yes. you know, it's it's illegal. <laughs> and, you know, tomorrow we're going to go over some of the stuff that we saw from what's going on in Portland. Andy, no. We looked at some of the work he's done today, and that, I mean, it's fantastic work. The amount of stupidity that's coming from those idiots out there is just, it's beyond comprehension. But uh, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Uh, but today, I, I want to stick with the election here. So they're going to contest this. Uh, Hillary's come out and said that they're going to contest. And and here's my take. I think, and this is just my opinion, this is just my opinion, because I've I read the uh, the article that was put out in the New York Times op-ed piece. They said that they're looking at challenging the election. They're looking at challenging uh, the result, of course. They're saying that, well, we, are, we aren't going to know by election night. We're not going to know by inauguration day. They're going to drag this out as long as possible. And they're going to try and put pressure on the electorate to have it reversed. See, Trump was going to win the Electoral College. And if it was a fair election, as you said, Bruce, they would win. You know, Trump, yeah. uh, Trump and company would win. But they're going by this, uh, this mail-in voting garbage. And so they're going to contest. This is why they're bringing in the armies of lawyers now. So they can turn around. They can drag it out. They can say, well, there's no clear winner. And then when they finally get shut down, they'll have the blue states secede. So, I mean, secede from the union. I mean, it's that serious. This is how far gone they are. And they will have Biden and Harris sworn in at another location and they'll claim to be the legitimate United States. Like that, that's what it'll be. That's my opinion. That, that's my opinion. And if you just look at the talking points that are being floated, if you look at the agendas that are being put forth in various op-ed pieces, that seems to be the line that they're going to go with. If it doesn't go the way they want it to go, then they'll just pull out from the U.S. And so it leads you to believe whose agenda that is, right? Wh- whose agenda is that? Because I- any person that's uh, for America wouldn't want that. You'd want to keep the union together. Right. I've never heard in my entire lifetime, I've never heard a single Democrat. And I know a lot of them. I've never heard a single Democrat say, yeah, I wish we would leave the United States. I've never heard a single one ever say that ever. 
So secession is on the table for them. But uh, go, go ahead, Bruce, jump in here. What, what are your thoughts on this? So uh, I, I could see them pushing for for that, but it's not it's not going to be the average Democrat. Uh, I, I think the average Democrat, the the voter is for keeping the union together. Now, there are some voters that are going to be against it or, or excuse me, for it. Uh, specifically um, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, those types, the, the far, far left. I'm I'm torn on this one, right? I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, go for it. Go for it and do your little socialist utopia state and we'll just build a wall and not allow you over. I mean, you guys want to do it, go for it. But you guys can do that now. You don't have to secede. So I, I don't I don't really know what their goal is, what their plan is or what their intent. It just I don't know. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense for them to do that. It doesn't it doesn't garner them anything. And honestly, they're not going to be able to bully Trump into like, you know, like try to strong arm him like either you you're going to follow our lead or we're going to secede. I honestly I, I don't think he's going to. I don't think he'll bend to that. No, he won't. Trump's a fighter. I mean, if you if you ever read his if you look at his book, you look at his bio, you look at his past history. Trump doesn't give up. He doesn't give up. Anybody else, I think, any other politician, someone from the political machine, if they had to put up with what Trump's putting up with thus far, they would have quit. I, I'm serious. They would have quit. But he hasn't quit. And he's still standing up there. And man, they just they do not like that. The establishment, they do not like that. But Bernie Sanders has come out and he's made a statement. He said that America must be prepared when Trump refuses to leave office. Well, if he's duly elected, then why would he leave office? I mean, you've been trying to get him to leave office for three years, four years. He hasn't left yet. He's refused to leave up to this point. So why would this be any different? All they've done over the last four years is try to get him out of office and the Republicans, too. Don't don't think that they're just kind of, you know, off to the side on this. But the only reason they're keeping him in there is because it's again, it's going to be um, a chance for the Republicans to win another four years in some way, shape or form. It'll give them a chance to somehow keep a hold of the executive office. So uh, for them, it's a win win. They're stupid to, to veer away from that. But in the end, they don't want Trump in there either. I think it's a partial win, though. I don't think it's a full on like as far as the establishment is concerned, because Trump is an establishment. So he doesn't really fit the the normal bill that they're looking for in a, in a politician. So I I agree with you. But at the same time, I, I don't know that they even Republicans want him in just because, you know, he, he's uprooting their, their the typical trends and, and the, the things that you have to do as a politician that really you don't have to do. And and. As, mm-hmm. as the average public, I'm glad he doesn't do. But yeah, that's what I said. I mean, people like even even Marty, when we were talking early on, he said, well, Trump's not a statesman. And I said, I don't want him to be a statesman. I said, that that's the problem right there is that we've got too much of that statesman talk. I'm sick of it. I'm mm-hmm. absolutely sick yeah. of it. And the average American is sick of it, too. This is another reason why the corporations don't like him either, because it's just it, forget Trump. OK, for, forget him. It's about what he represents. That's what the big problem is here. It's not Donald Trump himself. He's just a figurehead. Donald Trump is a manifestation of America's distaste of the establishment and the status quo. That's all he is. What he represents is what they have to destroy. Do you understand when they destroy Donald Trump, when they try to destroy Donald Trump, they're not destroying Donald Trump. They're coming after you and I. They're coming after people that support getting rid of the establishment, getting rid of the status quo, getting rid of the corporate monopolies, right? Those of us that are on board with that agenda, they have to get rid of that. The establishment and the corporations think that by doing that, if they can get rid of that figurehead, well, then that will break our will even further. And I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I think all that's going to do is piss people off more. But with him being there, then all that does is just it continues that momentum going forward. And the established order can't have that. We see where they're trying to take the world. They're throwing everything they got at getting rid of this guy. He's not supposed to be there, but he is. And they can't stand it. But Bernie Sanders, getting back to this guy. So the, out of the New York Post, Joe Biden says he's not going to leave either. Bernie's out there championing America needs to prepare itself when Trump refuses to leave office. You've had other people come out, say all, other Democrats come out, say, oh, we're going to use the military to get rid of him. They shopped that to the Pentagon, to the top brass of the Pentagon. They said, nope, we're not going to get involved with that. Out of the New York Post, Hillary Clinton had some advice for Joe Biden. She said, if it's a close race on election night, do not concede under any circumstances. That was her actual uh, statement, which we saw what that was in 2016, right? 
She conceded. Well, she didn't concede. She had to send John Podesta out there because, yeah, there was a little scuffle. Uh, She wouldn't even come out. She is also saying, Hillary Clinton is also saying that the GOP would try to use, get this, the GOP would try to mess up absentee balloting. Absentee balloting. See, what she's telling you there is she's talking about mail-in voting. She's she's mixing words there. Absentee balloting, absentee voting is much different than mail-in voting. Absentee is you're a registered voter. We've been doing that for years. You're a registered voter. You request a ballot. It gets sent to you. You fill it out because it's sent to you. You only get one and you send it back. That's it. That's it. Mail-in voting is this thing where you just uh, you show up in a neighborhood and you drop off a, a, a truckload of ballots and say, here you go. They get sent out to residences where people don't live anymore. They send them to your dead relatives. They send them to your cats and dogs that have been dead for 12 years. That's what mail-in voting is. Completely different. And then on top of that, you've got U.S. Postal Service people. No disrespect to the average U.S. Postal Service worker out there. But we've seen cases of them just throwing ballots in uh, uh, in the in the trash. And not to mention the fact that's illegal. So the thing is now is I've heard that the Trump administration has done an emergency petition of the Supreme Court to take this mail-in voting uh, straight to the Supreme Court. And supposedly it's going to be put right up on the docket. Now, is there any way for them to stop this, this mail-in voting garbage? Is, Is there any way for them to stop this? Is that even possible at this point? Not at the federal level. And the reason I say that is... Uh, unless they can get the Supreme Court to jump in and weigh in, but states, pretty much states are allowed to to handle their own uh, election processes. So, I mean, there's a general guideline, but if they can make a, a strong enough case, then they might be able to get something through at the Supreme Court level. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I, I, I wouldn't hold my breath on it. Uh, the, the way the Supreme Court rules and everything, I imagine they would side with doing the mail-in voting because coronavirus is so dangerous and everybody's going to die unless we do this. <laughs> right. Well, Bernie Sanders, when he was on Fox News uh, with uh, Chris Wallace, he said that uh, this is his quote. He says, this is not just idle speculation. And he was talking about you know Trump not leaving office. He said Trump was saying that the only way he could lose the election is if there was and he looks around there for the exact quote. And he says, the only way they can take that. This is what Trump said. The only way they can take this election away from us is if this is a rigged election. Mm-hmm. Now, Sanders comes back and says, now, Trump is making that statement at a time when virtually every national poll has him behind. See, he's being, he's trying to convince people of the fact that those national polls actually have credit. And they don't. If you look at the way that they actually pull those things, I've said it before, and and Bruce, you've said it many times here. You can never put faith in those polls. Never. You can't do it. Because what were the polls before Hillary Clinton ran or before before Election Day on on Hillary Clinton's watch? 98 to to 2. She was going to win. Every national poll had her 20, 30, 40, 50 points ahead. Don't even bother going out to vote, the media said. Don't even bother. She's already at the White House right now. She's already at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue measuring the drapes to be put in. That's that's what she's doing. She's measuring the windows to have the drapes put in. So don't even bother. And what happened? What happened? A landslide in the other direction. And it's going to be this way, too. The only way that they're going to try and save their sorry behinds at this point is with this mail-in voting crap. And I think the administration's also uh, and also the campaign is uh, they're suing individual states uh, over this as well. So uh, honestly, federal level, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. As you said, I, I don't think that there's any way that they can t- unless the Supreme Court can do something. I, I don't know. But uh, then again, this um, this action they're taking at the state level. I mean, it's uh, it, it remains to be seen what, what can be done there. But if you've got legal cases tied up. In each state, I mean, for God's sake, you know, so it's just they're putting everybody in a situation where there's going to be more conflict. This is not going to be a peaceful transition. It's not going to be a peaceful one transition. In our history. Yeah, the first one in our history. And you had mentioned, what was it, last week? You said that the Democrat Party had done this before, prior to the yeah. Civil War under Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tried. They tried to do this. They tried to create um, the whole uh, fraudulent voting system, you know, mail-in voting and everything, which they both sides agreed to do the mail-in voting because of the the war, right? The civil war so that people could vote. But, and really uh, they were intending for the North to vote, but the Dems tried to, uh, to cheat. And you know something, the other thing I want to point out is the Trump, when he was saying that the only way that they would lose is if there was fraudulent voting, you know, if it, if it was stolen from them, Mm-hmm. You have to keep in mind he was he was saying that at a rally, right? 
or at a, you know, at the equivalent of a rally since he hasn't really done any. So he was saying that to his own constituents. It, it was to keep it in context. It was more of a he's trying to work up the crowd kind of a thing, right? It's it's showmanship. I, I don't know that it's actually like with him, the things that the things that he says and the things that he does are different. So when when he says stuff like that, it's more to gin up the crowd, if you will, not to, well, that and to troll the media. Honestly, it, it kind of ironically enough, the rhetoric that he talks that he talks and it, it really shows you who the enemies are because it it's almost like it flushes them out of hiding and they can't do anything. They can't help themselves but to, to attack him. And honestly, it's a great tactic in a sense, because then you know who you're who's who's against you and who's for you. So and to be honest with you, I think that's the card that he's playing here. It's, it's a dangerous game. It's a really dangerous game. But he's done that up to this point, hasn't he? So why would now be any different? He's making them tip their hand and they have to show you who they are. I mean, we already like those of us that have seen these people for years, right? We've seen them for who they are. But now now they're just out there in the open. They don't care anymore. You think Nancy Pelosi cares? You, did you see the thing with the um, they're calling it Salon Gate now with the um, the beauty salon when she went there? Yeah, she's now the victim. She's the victim in all this. Yeah, she the, was the set salon up. owes her. Yeah, yeah. She, if anything, she owes she owes Nancy Pelosi an apology. If yeah, of yeah. all the things of all yeah. the things, how how disgraceful is that? Like how how disgraceful is that? But see, she can go out and she can behave like that, but you can't, right? You can't do it. Th- that's the hypocrisy of these people from the top down. Now, there's a columnist also that's come out and said that uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. He says the Democrat Party has no intention of accepting a second President Trump term. Well, they didn't accept the first one. To the best of my knowledge, I don't think that they've accepted the first one yet, have they? Well, I mean, if you go by their actions, no. 59 days and counting. Uh, They're saying the Democrats have no intention of accepting defeat at the ballot box. If you think that they were sore losers in 2016, then you ain't seen nothing yet. And what they're doing is effectively threatening violence, which what are BLM and Antifa, if Biden does not win. And it's just a variation of the theme that Biden talked in Pittsburgh during the week when he said, if you don't vote for him, then you ain't safe. Here's an interesting question. Has Mm -hmm. any Democrat politician I mean, we know that we know that the Republicans are actually doing it to their credit. We know that they're doing it. But has any Democrat politician even mentioned the words Antifa at all? We know that they won't acknowledge them. We know that they won't uh, confirm. I mean, when Jerry Nadler was approached about, he said, oh, that's a myth. So have they even acknowledged that uh, that there's a group out there that's uh, that's called Antifa that are uh, that are doing their bidding at the militant level? Have they even acknowledged that? Um, at at what level of politician are you looking for? Because national, there have been uh, there have well, I mean, technically none of them are national. Technically, the president's the only one that's national. In okay, his fe- federal. But- all right, all right, okay, okay, all right. So let's go congressional um, uh-huh. and gubernatorial. Let's go congressional and gubernatorial. I- I, I believe didn't he have someone that spoke at the um, the RNC here recently? That was a Democrat, and was it Vernon uh, Jones? I'm, I'm wanting to say it was Vernon Jones. That sounds familiar. Let's see here, he is yeah Georgia Georgia State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Georgia State okay. rep. All right, so we at least have one at least, one. and I know there was a one. letter. I know there was a letter with like six or eight mayors, I believe, that are all Democrats, and they've all are um, basically denouncing the, the the rhetoric of the Democrat Party and um, more or less supporting Trump, basically. And so if you have a if you have a, a, an opponent in an election year that won't even acknowledge what's happening in the streets, instead, you get the VP candidate who came out back in June on the Colbert show and said, actually, I, I just have the clip. Should we play the clip? I mean, it, it speaks uh, for yeah. itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I want to make clear that I, I know that there are protests still happening in yes. major cities across the United States. I'm just not seeing the reporting on it that I that right, I had that's right. for the first few weeks. That's um, right. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's they're not. This is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. And and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. It is going to. They're not going to stop before election day in November, and they're not going to stop after election day. And that should be. Everyone should take note of that on both levels. That this isn't. They're not going to let up and they should not.
and we should not. Okay, now you've got a vice president candidate that said that back. This is before she was picked, by the way. She said that back in June on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Now, she's out there saying that they're not going to stop before Election Day and they're going to go on after Election Day. And everyone beware. That, that sounds like a threat to me. In other words, you're going to do what we want you to do, or we're going to continue to push these these riots and these protests on. If that's not domestic terrorism, please explain to me what is. Please. Because that right there is is threatening the public. You're threatening a citizenry. You're threatening violence against their lives, against their livelihoods, against their wealth, their prosperity. You're taking away their pursuit of happiness. You're taking away their right to liberty and hell. In the uh, in the case of the the poor guy from um, from Portland that was mm-hmm. shot dead by the uh, by the Antifa guy, you're taking away their right to life, aren't you? Yep. So there's our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness down the drain. H- how is that not okay? You're you're threatening violence to carry out a, a political will on, on someone. So how does that not make you a domestic terrorist? I mean, that is the definition of terrorism, by the way, isn't it? The threatening of violence from one group on another to carry out a political agenda or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. If if she's out there saying stuff like that, and by the way, I don't think anyone, even from the Trump campaign, has called that out. I, I don't think that that's, that's been called out at all. If I were someone on the Trump campaign, I would be making that into a political ad. I'm trying to think. I, I haven't seen many of their ads, but if it hasn't come out yet, it's going to. They did one with the purge. Did you see it? Uh, I've heard about it. <laughs> they did one with it. the purge. I mean, just simply playing it. There's text and everything involved. Just simply playing it, it doesn't really like you have to be able to read it, uh, and mm-hmm. it doesn't it, it doesn't do any good to just uh, to just play it. So so we can't do that. But anyway, she's out there calling for that, and she's out there threatening the American populace with that. And what do you think is going to happen? Because I've still got people telling me, and I'm not joking. I've still got people telling me. I had somebody tell me today, "Oh no, this mask thing that that's not going to go on past the election. That's that's not going to go on past the election. These these riots and this this." Uh, ruckus in the street. That, that's not going to go on past the election. People really think that after the election's over, all this is going to stop. If anything, I think it's the opposite. I think it's going to intensify. I think they're going to double down. I think they're going to turn the heat up and they're going to double down again. Because, I mean, what, you think they're just going to go away? When Trump was elected, when we, the people, elected Donald Trump, and he said on the campaign trail, drain the swamp, this is the swamp. Did you think they were just going to go quietly? This is the swamp. When you start going after these people and you start exposing them for who they are and what they represent and what they really want to do to people, it's horrible. It's horrible. And when you start draining that swamp, did you not think that you were going to start to see some dark creatures come out of that thing? I mean, that's what this is. That's what this is. What he represents is real democratic rule. Someone that the people chose to be a leader, someone to take on this scum for who they are. And that scum is not just going to go away. I mean, that would be the smartest play they could make. I've said that time and again. Smartest thing these people could do, just take your money and leave. That's the smartest thing they could do. Just take your money, head off to New Zealand or wherever the hell you want to go and just disappear. Go to China. Go to China where you got your stocks and your and your your investments and everything. Go, go there. They'd be happy to have you, I'm sure. Of course, you wouldn't work there, but take what money you've stolen and leave. Smartest thing they could do, but they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. And I think even you brought that up yesterday, Bruce, when we were talking about the um, the deal with even Hunter Biden, that they're not going to do that. I don't think that they're going to punch out. A lot of them have punched out. A lot of the elites have punched out, but they've left their politicians behind that have done their bidding. And so they have to stay behind and try and get this moving. And they have nowhere else to go. They've got nowhere else to go. The U.S. politicians specifically the U.S. politicians, the Democrats that are flailing. And when I say flailing, they're in their final days. They've got nowhere else to go. They're cornered. They've painted themselves into so many corners that they don't have any corners left. And what happens when you have a cornered rat? They become very dangerous, very violent, very angry. And that's what they are. They're at the end of their road. They have nowhere else to go. So they have to burn it all down. It's that that old adage. Well, if I can't have it, you're not going to have it. So they're burning everything to the ground and they don't care. They don't care if they have to take us to another civil war in order for them to do it, which they're not going to win. You know, God forbid we end up that way. But, you know, who knows at this point? But they are not going to accept this election by any stretch of the imagination at all. We're down under what, 50 days now? Or we're, no, we're, we're under 60 days. Yeah, 58, 57 won this air. 58. Election night. Honestly, this is my call. Election night, expect a landslide in favor of Trump. But you're not going to get concession. It's not going to happen. They're going to carry on. 
But here's the other question. Here's the other question. The debates. Okay. What are they going to do about the debates? Because they have to have, I think, three of them. Yeah. Is that right? They have to have three of them. And they're going to have them. Yeah. They're going to have them. They're going to have them. Yeah. How on earth are they going to put Joe up there against Trump? He's going to get embarrassed. You know, I've, I've heard this from people that have experienced, they, they have had family members that have gone through the dementia. Uh, and in the early stages, they don't realize they have dementia. In fact, they, they I don't know that they ever really understand or, or grasp the fact that they do have it. I, I think he's in the early stages of it. And he's not, he doesn't grasp that, you know, <laughs> he doesn't understand why, why can't I have the keys to the car? You took the keys away. Where Where's my keys? You know, uh, like they're not grasping the fact yet. And I, I think that's, that's where Joe's at. I think he legitimately thinks he's able to, to go and argue uh, or debate Trump. And I, I think he thinks he's, you know, is going to be able to win. And, you know, uh, so I, I think he's the one that's pushing for it and trying to trying to have the debates. I think that's a bad move. Honestly, I, I do. I think it's a bad move. But the day that Joe gave this, was it like his closing speech at the uh, at the DNC? You know, the one where he said that he would order a national mask mandate. But uh-huh. then he turned around just a couple of days on. ago and yeah, he said, no, 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 that's not, that's not what I meant. And people took that out of context. Yeah. Well, Joe, you said it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like you, you said it. Not only did he say it there, but he said it in multiple other places that there was going to be a mask mandate. Oh, and the other thing, by the way, um, uh, he, he's also talked about fracking and doing away with. Oh, yes. Um, the frack, oil. which mm-hmm. to be honest with you, my part of the country, your part of the country, fracking's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Fracking saved us uh, in the 2008 when when we had the big economic you know recession. Fracking is what helped pulled us out, and he's wanting to get rid of it. Well, no, he's he said he's for fracking, didn't he? And then then he said he would get rid of all fracking, and then he would said he would get rid of all fossil fuels. But then he said that he was for fracking, right? Yeah. Well, at first he was saying he was going to get rid of fracking. Yes, and then and then he said, no, no, I, I'm not I'm not getting rid of it. You know, we'll. we'll We'll, we'll keep fracking and all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. at first he was for getting rid of it, for getting rid of oil uh, and, you know, the Green New Deal nonsense. And then uh, and then he changed his tune here recently. Politician changing their tune. Never would have guessed it. Never would have guessed it. He's got to take the stage. He's got to take the debate stage. Have you seen the moderators? Have you seen the list of moderators? There's not a single moderate person on there. Not one. They're all left wingers. Every last one of them. They're, they're going to give all of the moderation to them. And you think that Joe's not going to get the questions handed to him before? Like, if I were Joe Biden, I'd be rehearsing every day right now. That's what I'd be doing. Wouldn't you? I don't know. See, even even if he was, I don't know that it's going to benefit him. Because I've seen counts of people, as they've started going further and further into dementia, they're unable to read. Like, they struggle with just average words. We've seen it with Joe. We've seen it with, you know, when he's trying to read the teleprompter and he stumbles over words or, or you know, I mean, we, we've kind of joked about it a little bit about uh, what was it? Stroking, uh, stroking violence or whatever instead of stoking. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> stroking violence. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and it could he's you could just write it off and say, oh, it's just eyesight. He, you know, it was, maybe it was blurry for him or something. And he didn't see the word or what have you. But this is a common occurrence when it's uh, as they go down this road, um, they have difficulty reading just, you know, simple words. And this is exactly why we haven't really made fun of Joe Biden. Like, I'm not going to jump onto that train because I can tell that there's a problem there. Now, if he's indeed, let's just say that he's uh, he's putting this on, right, he's making himself look like he's got some kind of a cognitive issue. He's one of the best actors I've ever seen, if that's the case, because I've seen people go through that, what he's experiencing. And it's it's really a sad thing to see. And these the facial expressions that he makes from time to time when he knows that he makes a mistake, you can tell. I mean, you, you just know. Yeah. Let's jump over to the uh, the Democrat vice presidential candidate, Kamala Harris. We found out some interesting things about her before we started tonight, didn't we? We did. Yeah, I was able to skim in a little bit, but give us the gist of it. Yeah, give us the gist of it. Just just from the skim over, because there's quite a bit there to take in. But give us give us the rounded off gist of it. Rounded off gist. Okay, her husband and his name. What was his name? I just had it. Uh, Douglas Imhoff. Yeah, Douglas Imhoff. He is a part of a firm that's uh, DLA Piper. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. the the reason that's so important is they have some dealings with the CCP. And in fact, I went in and looked at some of the other affiliates of DLA Piper, and they also have dealings with the CCP. 
and none of the names I'm really familiar with, but these are businesses that are on the international stage and have mm-hmm. well-known cases working with the CCP. And the um, one of the firms was the Chinese construction uh, or Chinese building. I don't remember exactly what the word was, but it, it's a it's mm-hmm. a building company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just so it's a little questionable that they're taking fun, funds from the CCP and, and in fact have employees that are from the CCP. And it's a, it's now, a little that's concerning. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. what did we learned from Senator Feinstein, her driver was a CCP operative for 20 years, not, mm-hmm. not just a couple mm-hmm. of years. And they found out about it 20 years. And the other thing that is uh, just a little suspect, you know, if his dealings weren't uh, questionable, his business there was, you know, he stepped down just before Kamala, mm-hmm. uh, was to run. Really? So, so he just stepped down then? So he stepped down just last year. Yeah. Last year. Oh, okay. So, yeah. All right. So she had to, okay. So she had to declare and y'all you know, this. Okay. So I thought you meant like run uh-huh. as in the VP. Okay. All right. I'm with you. Yeah. Run as in for a presidential candidate. Yeah. Yes. Cause she yes, was on the, it. she was on the list of candidates before all this. So yeah. Yes. So that, that's when he stepped down and there's, there's also a photo of, um, 2017 with Harris, Imhoff, and Biden, and a you bunch know of other something. People in the background, Joe actually looks—he looks cognizant in that photo, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, aged, but yeah, cognizant. Yeah, interesting. Some of the so, names. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, so, some of this. No, no. Some some of this other stuff here. It says that American DLA Piper. Now, what kind of business are they involved in? Like, what what do they do? It, it's it's basically just a firm, I believe, or it's a firm. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 a law firm. I, um, if I uh-huh. if I understand properly let's see um dla piper global law firm yeah there you go a global law firm okay didn't realize we had a oh, i didn't realize we had global law do we i mean that's what they're trying to do but well, okay th- they, this they, is interesting or they deal with countries on an international level from each law right? like each yeah representing okay. corporations and those kind of things i got international you. okay all right fair yeah. enough all right fair enough so uh this is um okay so this is interesting uh jessica zhao a senior advisor served as deputy secretary general of the China International Economic and Trade Arbitration Commission, a government-owned body established by the Chinese Communist Party in 1956. It was developed under the auspices of the China Council for Promotion of International Trade, a governmental body for the furtherance of Chinese trade promotion. Okay, so she was involved with that company. Um, other high-level employees, such as Gloria Liu, who serves as a partner have represented lead investors in deals with uh, ByteDance, the parent company of TikTok. A controversial app is set to be banned by President Trump for the, uh, for its compromising links to the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, the higher served uh, the higher served to bolster DLA Piper's China operation, which it outlines as necessitating liaising with the central and local authorities in China. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'm sure that they're fair and unbiased, right? Sure. Uh, It's not surprising, therefore, that American DLA Piper lawyers have worked on behalf of the Chinese government. Consultant James Phillips, for example, identifies himself as having advised the Chinese embassy in Canberra, Australia. Hmm. Uh, Okay, so the company is listed as an advisor to two government-owned airlines, uh, China Eastern Airlines, China Southern Airlines. DLA Piper also advised Chinese merchant groups, a state-owned company under the direct supervision. Okay, this is bad. Like this, this is bad. Can you imagine? Oh my God, they're involved with WeChat too, and they're involved now. Okay, is this the same Cohen? Is this the same Cohen? They're involved with the the Cohen Group. Is this the same Michael Cohen outfit? Yep, it is. Interesting. The plot thickens. Okay, mm-hmm. now here's a guy, Michael Cohen. Here's a guy who's just now got a book out in the what is the last couple of days? Yeah. He's got a book out last couple of days, and he's kicking Trump's teeth in, right? And what was he doing? He was squealing like a little, I can't say it, uh, in front of Congress, rattling his mouth off about all kinds of nonsense. And the reason that he was rattling off about all kinds of nonsense that wasn't true is because Trump fired him. Yep. So what does he do? He comes out in his book, you know, Disloyal, a memoir, true story of a former personal attorney, to President Donald J. Trump. And in that book, he calls him a cheat, a liar, a fraud, a bully, a racist, a predator, and a con man. (laughs) Did he leave anything out? So look, I think we're starting to now, with this Harris connection, okay, with this, and I'm not saying this is the only piece of the puzzle, but this is another big chunk of this thing. So now I see why they've brought her in. Now now this makes sense, doesn't it? Because of her business dealings. So if she's in, 
yeah, if she's in with all of this, you throw in Biden's ties to China and the Ukraine, right? That whole mess over there. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. And then you throw Cohen into the mix and Harris is tied to Cohen. This is, uh, oh man, this is disgusting. And and they're tied in with the Chicoms. This is, th- I mean, like this should be, where, where's the media? Where in the hell's the media? This should be across every newspaper saying, here's the connection right here. Hello, hello. I mean, th- this is, how, how, how can anyone not see that this is not a smear campaign at this point? Because it's not on the television. It's not on the television. Everything has been redirected at the populist movement in the United States and in Western Europe. It's not quite as bad as in Western Europe. Do you know why it's not quite as bad in Western Europe? Because they were able to stop it for the most part over here. They were able to suppress it for the most part. The populist movement, I mean. They're not going to be able to do it much longer, I don't think. But they were able to stop it. What was going to be the straw that broke the camel's back over here? Brexit. That was what was going to start it here. But Brexit happened. No deal. Pandemic. Brakes got put on it. So they couldn't do anything. Everything over here has been neutralized. You also haven't seen uh, the smashing of businesses and the rioting, the looting and all that stuff. Yeah, you saw some protests and stuff, but it doesn't really take here. It doesn't really take. It doesn't make much sense. Antifa is not active in these countries at the moment. Oh, they're here for sure. You can believe it. But everything's directed at the United States. And I think it's more and more because you have an entire, not just corporations, okay, not just corporations, but you have an entire political structure that's entrenched, that's entrenched, that have been compromised by the CCP. When you go in with a uh, with a company like, uh, I don't know, you know, pick pick your Chinese company, if you get in, co- which other companies are are government owned. So if you get in bed with the Chinese Communist Party, they don't let you just do business. You have to sign on with them. That's how it is. That's how that system works. It was the same thing with the Soviets back in the day. You didn't just do business with a Russian company, and then you walked away and everybody shook hands. Look, these are not capitalist systems. That's how capitalism works. Doesn't matter your political affiliations, doesn't matter your uh, your race, doesn't matter your gender, your religious beliefs. That's not what capitalism is. See, that's why they want to get rid of it and then resegregate everything. Capitalism is you've got a product or a service. I want it. Here's my money for it. And everybody walks away happy, right? You walk away satisfied with a product or a service. The person that gave you that product or service walks away because they have money. They can continue to operate and grow. That's how capitalism works. That isn't how it works under these other systems. These systems of socialism and communism doesn't work like that. Those are planned economies. You've got to be in with them. When I say in, I mean all in. It's not as simple as just exchanging some money and walking away. Case in point with everything that's involved with just this Harris connection with this DLA Piper firm. Look how deep that web goes. That's ridiculous. And we just kind of scratched the surface on it. You get into the Biden-Ukraine deal. Actually, it's not even really the Biden-Ukraine deal, is it? Right. You can argue. The hell's the name of that gas company? Um, Burisma. Burisma. You could argue that all day long. At the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. If you look at the grand scheme of things, if you look at everything in that criminal network, it is a nasty mess. And it, it proves that point when you get into those corrupt systems like that. Right. Because you have to get all the way in. Right. It's not just a matter of going over, shaking hands and then walking home. Right. Like Biden did when he was over there. He says, well, you know, I got the you know, I'm leaving in six hours. I got the billion dollars. You don't fire that prosecutor. You're not getting a billion dollars. Well, son of a bitch. He fired the prosecutor. He got the billion dollars. It's not that simple. Yeah. I mean, Burisma, the the whole situation with Ukraine was just corruption. Right. And it relatively speaking, that one is not as dangerous as them getting in bed with with China, with a country that said they want to be um, the the world competitor, right? They want to be on the world stage. They want to be the one basically mm-hmm. pulling the strings around the world. So having a bunch of politicians uh, in, you know, wouldn't surprise me if they put Susan Rice on on um, somewhere on the uh, cabinet if they were elected. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, because she was part of that whole dealing. So I'm, I'm concerned about it just because it's China, right? They're the ones, they're on the forefront right now to be most concerned about. And, you know, we know what Biden thinks about it. He oh, said, they're friends. Come on, man. Come on, man. It's, it, China's not an issue. Like the Chinese people are fine. You know, they're great people. Yes, that and, part's true. You know, the Chinese people are I fine. Don't, yeah, I don't disagree with the Chinese people, relatively speaking. But uh, it is the CCP is what I'm concerned about. And he he doesn't seem concerned at all. 
and you've said it many times here, China's at war with us. They're, they're openly yep. at war with us. And it's not it's not some uh, soft, undeclared war. No, 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 no. They have the U.S. in its crosshairs about to go in a hot war because they don't have anything else left either. They don't have anything else left either. Their military is on the verge of overtaking the U.S.'s in a very short, either it has or has their Navy already overtaken us? I think I heard that the other day. Can you check that real quick? Or do I you know it? I don't think they have, but I haven't heard anything about them, the, the Navy... I heard their navy's about to, or it, or it has overtaken us. And one of the biggest things I actually heard this, uh, I heard an interview the other day, and I can't remember who in the hell gave it. I want to say it was Peter Schweitzer. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I want to say it was him, and he was actually talking about it. And he said that Barr was working on a case, Justice was working on a case because they nabbed some Chinese operatives in the U.S. that got our nuclear submarine reactor specs. And that's what they wanted. They they didn't want they they didn't want our nuclear secrets for our power plants. That's not what they wanted. They wanted the nuclear specs for our our submarines, and they got them. And so you know they got them through, don't you? Go ahead. Whether or not they officially got it through these guys, they tried to do it through them once, and I think they may have been caught the first time. Uh, They tried to do it through the Bidens. Um, Mm. uh, Hunter Biden's firm, uh, Rosemont Seneca, I believe, they did a deal with China. And uh, they bought out some companies. One of the companies was a dual purpose company, which made materials for uh, anti-vibration. And, um, we, you know, we use those in our, that was our cars it. and whatnot. That was it. But we the also use it in stealth fighters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The anti-vibration. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted. Yeah. And they got that. They they did. That was cleared by the Obama administration. They They allowed them to sell that. They went for the nuclear reactors. And... Some of the, if I if I remember right, some of the people that were affiliated with them that that helped them do the deal, the part of the CCP guys were arrested uh, for attempting to steal documentation, blueprints, and all that kind of stuff on those small reactors for nuclear subs. So effectively, it was through the Bidens in a sense because those those guys were employed by the Bidens. Those guys were working for them. So. Um, but as far as the Chinese and Navy overtaking, it looks like they are last year they were looking they were tipping the balance last year. And this year that, that was out of um, Reuters. And this year it looks like they're they're either working on or have built something like that two more aircraft carriers. So they're they're definitely ramping up construction. Uh, they're targeting to have 10 aircraft carriers altogether. They're doubling their nuclear warhead capability within the next decade. And they're also increasing um, their long range capabilities uh, as far as missiles, submarines and that sort of thing. But see, that's not a problem or anything. They're they're our friends, right? That's not a problem. Yeah. Everything's fine. I mean, as a matter of fact, today they just uh, or they they have or that. Yeah. They're about to. Uh, they launched something that looked almost like a space shuttle up in up into space, up into orbit. Almost. Mm. Now, gee, I wonder where they got that. I, I wonder where they got that. <sighs> it's a joke. All right. Um, let's uh, let's let's take a step back. Uh, let's let's talk about some. Um, let's round off here on a couple other things. So we talked about colleges a couple of days ago. We talked about the conditions that are being set in there, and I think we even made reference to it on our podcast we did on Friday about uh, the digital dark age on the bubble cities and them kind mm-hmm. of implementing that uh, that track and trace method and all of that in um, in bubble cities and, and how they're doing it on universities now, right? University campuses now, which, for example, I think in uh, university, I think it was in um, uh, what well, not the one down where you're at, but uh, not Oklahoma State, but the other one uh, in oh, Michigan, sorry. I think it was. Uh, yeah, it wasn't oh, that Michigan. one. It was yeah. the one in Michigan. They are locking the campus down. You can't go anywhere. You've got... Uh, let me see. You could only go to approved businesses. You had to ask permission to leave five days ahead of time. There was no guarantee you could get it. And then I think the one down at in your or the one down in your neck of the woods. It was even it was as harsh, if not harsher, than that because they were going to track people with Wi-Fi signals, right? Yeah, they were they were tracking them on campus, and then if you left campus, you you would be forced to quarantine. Okay, well, another university is actually going a little a little further than that. So this is uh, the University of Boston, or excuse me, uh, Northeastern University in Boston, Massachusetts. This is what's going to happen up there. Eleven first-year students at Northeastern University who were recently dismissed for violating social distancing rules. 
Social mm. distancing rules will not receive a refund on their $36,500 a semester tuition. All right. That's coming out of the Boston Globe. So the, the universities are losing money, right? They're losing money in, in all this. They're losing money in, well, no sports, right? No sporting events. They're losing. You know how much money they're losing from that? Just from that alone? They're losing a boatload of money. I think, for that. I think they're going to I think they're in the process of starting those up, by the way. Yes. I know yeah, they, the the pro sports are starting up and I'm pretty sure college level they're looking at starting up too. Mhm. And uh, well, and that's another discussion in and of itself. Maybe we can touch on that probably tomorrow, but they're going to start that stuff up and what? You're going to have to look at a bunch of this uh, SJW crap. I mean, that that's yep. what it'll be. You know it's what it'll be. So you're going to start mm-hmm. that up and you're going to you're going to have to sit there and look at that nonsense. I wouldn't watch it. I, I wouldn't watch it. But this is also uh, reported out of The Hill. They said the students were found at the Weston Hotel on Wednesday evening not wearing face coverings and flouting social distancing protocols. This was reported by a university spokeswoman. She said they will not be permitted to take classes online this fall, but will be allowed to return in the spring. The students were part of a one semester program for freshmen that was purchased in advance for $36,500 and their tuition will not be refunded. Northeastern said students who were dismissed would have the right to contest their dismissals at an expedited hearing, socially distanced and virtually with face masks on, of course, I'm sure. The university said students were reminded on multiple occasions this week to follow pandemic protocols and were required to acknowledge reviewing the student handbook, which listed all the required procedures. You know, as in college, we got student handbooks. You know, what we did. We threw them in the garbage because it's just it's kindergarten level crap. So here's the thing. You don't social distance. Forget the mask nonsense, okay? Social, di- you don't social distance. Thirty six thousand five hundred dollars you lose. It's going to cost you thirty six thousand five. That's worse than New York. That's worse than New. York. That's worse than getting a ten thousand dollar fine if you break a quarantine. I, I don't know how else to put that. That that's that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. So they sent out. Uh, looks like they sent out a letter. Said uh, to the students, they said, "You have displayed a disregard for health and safety measures, jeopardized our chances to keep our community safe, and increased the possibility that you and others, including your classmates, might not be able to complete the semester." Uh, the officials actually wrote that to uh, uh, students in a uh, in a letter. The ones that they. Uh, throughout. And they're keeping your money. They say on the bright side that if the 11 dismissed students at Northeastern decide to attend community college, acquire on the job training, take an apprenticeship program or join the military, they could save over a quarter million dollars by skipping seven more semesters. Why not? Why not? Colleges, universities in the United States, that is the biggest scam this day and age. In my lifetime, that's got to be the biggest scam because look, you come out of high school, you graduate high school, you don't really know a whole lot because, well, you know, what, what are you going to learn in the public schools, especially now with what this nonsense is they're teaching now, this critical race theory, God help the world. We'll talk about that in the coming week. You come out of high school, you go into college and you get brainwashed into this nonsense that you're paying money for. You come out, you can't find a job. You go to work somewhere if you can, if you even want to find a job. I hear professional protesting is paying a lot of money these days because if you look at those idiots out there in the streets, right, where do you think they're from? They're from colleges. They get wound up into that ideology and they're saying, well, this system doesn't work for you. It's unjust and all the it's nonsense, complete nonsense. So is it worth it even going there? I argue no. I've been saying that for years. I mean, it wasn't, albeit it wasn't quite as bad back when I was in college. When I was in college, I mean, you could tell the you could tell the ones that were in there. They they didn't pay attention. They didn't care. And, and you had to be a certain mentality, I guess, in order to do that. In order to to follow the uh, you know the wound up professors, the lunatic professors, and a lot of more opinionated, and a lot of them, and this is the other thing I didn't like about it. If you wanted to take their class, you had to buy their book. It's another problem you got. So anyway, I could go on and on and on about colleges, but I'm not. I, we don't have time. What do you think? You think these kids should have their money refunded? I say absolutely. I would sue that college. Yeah, I would be finding a lawyer and I would be suing them for much more than. Uh what I'm out. Keep in mind that this is during the time that the CDC has said, we no longer have to quarantine. You don't even need to test, have tests uh, done unless you're showing symptoms. So why they're doing, they're continuing to do this nonsense. It's not beyond me. I totally understand it. But at the same time, if, if if your statements are to protect people because 
COVID so dangerous, then why are you continuing to do the things you're doing? That's not the motive. That's not why they're doing this. They're doing this because it's it's a it's a form of manipulation. And, you know, either you capitulate or we will use, you know, we'll strong arm you into these things. So it's, it's basically training you to be complicit, basically. It's ridiculous. And, uh, ridiculous. I'm, I'm, I'm getting tired of it, man. You know, it's like I, I don't I don't know why people are, are, are so uh, just just bowing down to it and just like, yeah, OK, I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know. I'm getting the same thing. It's like I, I'm, get, I'm getting the same thing. I was talking to somebody today and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm not really worried about it. I'm like, you're not worried about it. Are, are you kidding me? I said, mind you, this is the worst part about it. There's somebody in the medical field. OK, if that, I mean, for, for God's sake, if anybody, they should be the one educating the rest of us about what's really going on. But you see how they've turned this. They buy into it. They get into it because I'll tell you what it is, Bruce. It's because they think that by them doing what they're told, they're doing the bigger service here, right? They don't want to be the ones seen as making trouble. So if they go out and they ruffle feathers, they rock the boat, then they are the ones that, well, you know, people people come after them and they, they don't want that attention because they don't know how to they don't know how to back that up. See, they've just they've always been conforming. And they're just conforming now in a bigger way. That's all that it is. And people think that if you go along, then everything's going to be fine and they'll eventually stop. They'll get bored. No, no, not with this. Not with this. As you said, the CDC has come out and said, yeah, we're going to get rid of these guidelines. Hell, they're talking about removing it from the pandemic chart because no one's dying. Yeah. We've had 9,000 deaths right around that. The numbers for this thing, the mortality rate is in the hundredth percentile, not even the tens, the tenth of a percentile. It's in the hundredths of a percentile in certain countries. It's getting weaker as we sit here and we go on about this. And yet, and the, the, what was it? What, what's the other thing that we talked about this week? The testing. 90% of the tests were shown to be false positives. Does that mean that 90% of the tests were incorrect? Excuse me. Does that mean 90% of the diagnosis didn't have uh, coronavirus? No, no. 90% of the tests were false positives. So, or gave false readings, I guess. Uh, either, either way. I'm sorry. The whole thing's falling apart, yet they're still continuing with this agenda. It's like you're you're exposed here. You're out in the open. Your ass is hanging out in the breeze here. Okay, to be frank about it. It's not that the emperor has no clothes. He is butt naked running through the town screaming with his hair on fire. So uh, I don't I don't know what it's going to take. It's like, hello. I mean, it's out here in the open, for God's sake. That if how is that not a bucket of cold water? How is that not a bucket of cold water? I just don't get it. I don't get it. All right. Uh, we are out of time. So uh, we are going to have to end today. For those of you who have not, you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform, Parlor. Love getting all of your echoes, your likes, your upvotes, your comments, your feedback. Please do give me a follow over there if you like, at janderson3, or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you don't want to do it via Parlor, you can do it anytime you like via email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends and family and known associates. We're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, and we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could, please pass this along in casual conversation. We would really appreciate that as we're just trying to bring like-minded people together and promote good, healthy conversation in and amongst people's circles. So if you could do that, we would appreciate that very much. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating or any other platform you listen to us on if they have a rating system we would humbly ask you to give us a rating on that one as well five stars would be a plus thank you very much thank you for your time today bruce and from all of us here wherever you are in the world we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible we love you and we love freedom and independence and together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas so we'll see all of you tomorrow 